The car is bad, we know. Please drive it. Holy shit! Hello, and welcome to the next episode, episode two of F Everything, an F1 podcast. Um, I'm Sam, F1 fan, enthusiast, not expert, and I have a sore throat, so bear with me. Hopefully it'll be like that Friends episode where Phoebe loves her hot singing voice and she really thrives on it, and it doesn't annoy people that may be listening, if anyone is. So, um, with the first episode under my belt, I decided um, a couple things. So, for the time being, I'm going to do 15-minute episodes about... um, I really think that's where it's at. The main reason for that is that I personally, as a podcast listener, get really overwhelmed with listening to one to two-hour podcasts, um, especially with not having like an aggressively long commute. And I feel like with all of the content out there and all of the awesome podcasts, uh, not just F1 podcasts, but all podcasts, um, it would just be more digestible to do shorter episodes that are informative and fun. And, you know, we'll see what happens when 2024 season starts. And if we need to go longer, we can go longer. But I'm going to aim for 15 minutes, just like the first one, and I think it's the perfect length, especially as I'm trying to gain people to listen. Don't want to over-inundate people, get overwhelming with too long of a show right away. So yeah, that's what it's going to be. So today, I thought with it being the off-season, it made the most sense to put some informational content out there. I also talk about F1 a lot to my friends. Um, You guys might be the ones listening, in the beginning at least, hopefully, and not a lot of them know what it is or what the structure is or why it's so exciting. So I thought that would make the most sense um, as well as, you know, for anyone else that wants a quick synopsis on the sport and the need to knows right away. Um, so whether you are a beginner and you know what it is or you don't know the details or if you've never heard of it in your entire life, this is for you. So let's get into it. We're going to talk about what F1 is at the very, very basic level. And then we're gonna talk about the team structure, the driver structure, schedules, timing. I wanna also talk about penalties and flags, but we might have to save that for the next one. We'll see where we net out. I also plan in the coming weeks to do driver deep dives, not just necessarily who's hot or who's not, but um, spoiler alert, it's everybody that's hot but more about each of their individual careers, uh, how they got to where they are now, and just, you know, so we have a little bit more knowledge coming into the 2024 season. So if you do not know what F1 is, it is not related to NASCAR. I had a couple friends say, oh, I didn't know you were into NASCAR. It could not be further from NASCAR. Not that there's anything wrong with NASCAR either. We love rooms. We love to go fast. We'll go fast. You ain't first or last. Um, but Formula One is a pretty sophisticated sport in terms of the creation of the cars, um, the drivers. All these drivers grow up pretty wealthy. Not that that makes it good or bad. It's just a fact. They grow up in very privileged environments where they are kart racing from very, very young. And they typically, a lot of the times, have families that are involved in car racing in one way or another. Not always, but very often. So it is a 
style of car racing that is based mostly on the creation of the vehicle. All the vehicles are different for the most part. Each of the 10 teams develops virtually a brand new car every year. And it's really about how the car can function on different tracks. There is a lot of political buzz around engine suppliers. Teams like Ferrari obviously supply their own engines, but a team like Red Bull or AlphaTauri, they use Honda engines. There, I could do a whole episode on the engines that are used and the structure of that, which I definitely will, but important to note that the engine is a very important part of Formula One. I don't know in other automotive racing areas if that's the case or not, but just noting that for Formula One, it's, it's a really big component. So running through the 10 teams, there are 10 teams in Formula One. Each team has two drivers. Sometimes one driver will be the premier driver, which just means that the team prioritizes that driver and that could be based on skill, experience, etc. And sometimes the two drivers are considered more equal. Sometimes it's subjective, sometimes it's explicitly stated by the team, it really just depends. When I go over driver deep dives, I'll do it organized by team and we can talk a little bit about that more in depth. So the 10 teams are Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, Haas, Mercedes, Aston Martin, McLaren, Williams, Red Bull, currently AlphaTauri, soon to be probably racing bulls, unsure if that's going to be confirmed or not, and Alpine. Those were in no particular order, but it's worth noting that we talked a little bit about how the engine's important. Uh, Ferrari supplies engines for obviously Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, and Haas. Mercedes supplies engines for obviously Mercedes, Aston Martin, McLaren, and Williams. Honda supplies Red Bull and AlphaTauri engines. Uh, Red Bull and AlphaTauri are owned by the same, you know, organization. Um, they are one in the same. Uh, Red Bull is their premier kind of top tier team. Max Verstappen is, you know, a, the biggest name in Formula One right now in terms of winning. He won every single race except one in 2023. He is on Red Bull with Sergio or Checo Perez. Um, AlphaTauri is, I don't want to say B team because they're equivalent to all the other teams, but they essentially are owned by the same greater organization and Honda supplies their engines. And then lastly, Alpine was formerly Renault. Uh, they are no longer named Renault, but they are operating on a Renault engine, which is an automotive uh, company. That's another thing that's really important to know as a beginner to F1 or someone that's just kind of getting deeper into it. The names change very commonly. That was a big surprise to me. I watched Drive to Survive, obviously, and see the first few seasons there was Renault and then they rebranded to Alpine. And I mentioned previously AlphaTauri is rebranding as well. I personally don't know what the benefit of the name changes are other than just rebranding. I'm sure there are, um, you know, I'll do some research further after this episode and see if there's anything significant to bring, but I think just keeping up with the, the names can sometimes be a little tricky, especially if you're watching Drive to Survive and you don't have the context. It's like, wait, where did Renault go? Um, it, it, it sometimes gets a little confusing for sure. So 
I mentioned that there are 20 drivers for the teams, so two per team. I'm going to go backwards in how the, each team ranked for 2023, meaning the team that came in last place, so 10th, and then all the way up to first, and I'll just go through all of the names of the drivers, which might not mean much to somebody who is just getting into it, but the names start to get more and more familiar and you start to recognize traits that each of these really wonderful drivers have. They're honestly all so personable and that's what makes it really, really fun to, to follow and what I think a lot of people really like about the sport. So we'll start with Haas. Haas is the American team and Kevin Magnuson and Nico Hulkenberg drive for Haas. Um, Nico Hulkenberg and K-Mag are personally to me the drivers that I probably know the least about. They're very quiet. They're slightly older. I believe they both have children, which is not super common on the grid just because drivers are very young typically. There are some um, upper 30s drivers. I believe they're in their mid 30s. So it, it makes it exciting to kind of see the diversity of age. Um, and yes, I do believe they both have kids. I will fact check myself and confirm. Um, and also Daniel Ricardo, who I'll talk about in a bit, um, likes to say Nico Uckenberg, and it's hilarious. Um, I guess we have to be there, but it's really, really funny. So Alfa Romeo comes in next in ninth place for 2023. Zhou Guan Yu, which I would have pronounced his name Zhao, but they all say Zhou, um, Z-H-O-U. Guan Yu is super, super quiet. I probably actually, to correct myself, know least about him. And Valtteri Bottas, who is such a character, really, really funny. They both drive for Alfa Romeo. And Alfa Romeo, as I said, is an Italian team. They are supplied by Ferrari. Then next is AlphaTauri, again, in partnership with Red Bull. Daniel Ricardo, which one of my loves, I talked about that in episode one. He is hysterical. He has such a great personality. He actually is one of the older drivers, not the oldest, but I believe he's 34 or 35. So he is maturing a little bit. Um, he drives for AlphaTauri and Yuki Sonoda also drives for AlphaTauri. He is very interesting. He gets super angry sometimes while he drives and he's really fun to watch. So I really enjoy that as well. He also was leading the race uh, on the last race of the year for Abu Dhabi, and I talked a little bit about how he's he's not a terrible driver. Obviously, they're all Formula One drivers. They're phenomenal, but he typically does not lead. Um, I mean, no one typically leads except Max Verstappen, but him being in first place for a few minutes was, was great to watch at the last race of the season. Williams is the next team in seventh place. Yes, yeah, seventh. I had to double check. Um, Logan Sargent, the only American driver. All these drivers are foreign. And when I say foreign, I mean to the U.S. because I'm speaking from a U.S. perspective. Logan Sargent is American. Really exciting. Not as common to have American drivers just because the sport is more common from a global perspective. Um, and Alex Albin, I think it's Albon. I say Alex Albin. I don't know why. Maybe it's because the announcer says it like that. He's great. They're both really, really, really funny to see in interviews. Logan Sargent is so reserved for an American uh, as comparatively to the other drivers. So I'd love to see personally more of him in 2024 and really get his personality shining through. He was the last 
driver on the 2024 grid to be confirmed signed. So we have exactly the same grid year over year, which is really funny. And um, yeah, I just I really hope this is his year just to kind of come through a little bit more in interviews and, and press days and things like that. Alpine is in sixth place for 2023. Esteban Ocon, Ocon, oh my God, I never say Ocon, Ocon, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo also says Pierre Gasly's name really funny. He like announces it hysterically just in interviews and stuff. So look out for that if you're absorbing some content. Um, I don't know too much about these guys. They are pretty attractive. So there's a lot of visual content out there on them. Pierre um, and Esteban are both French, um, so that means nothing. It's no benefit, just very interesting because they both drive for a French team. Aston Martin, we have Fernando Alonso, who I'm not going to get too far into it. I keep saying I'm not going to get into things, but I do want to save some content when I talk about each driver, respectively. Um, he is the oldest driver. I believe he's 38. He was the kind of hero to Carlos Sainz, who is another driver that I haven't gotten to yet. And for them to be driving together is just really, really cool. There's so much content in Drive to Survive about how Carlos Sainz really looked up to Fernando Alonso and met him as a child and is now driving with him. So I, I love that aspect of it as well, that it kind of goes through the generations. And uh, Lance Stroll is, there's a lot to say about Lance Stroll. He is the son of the guy that owns the team uh so his contract information isn't released and there's just a lot of nepotism there uh he's a decent driver he's not a bad driver and i think he gets a lot of crap for that but i he's canadian um it just as a note and i think just his personality is very timid and he doesn't give us a lot so i think it's you know easy for him to take kind of the brunt of the the negative stuff around him but we'll talk about it more when we dive into each of the drivers fourth mccarran what is wrong with me mccarran is a park in brooklyn mclaren i love mclaren i'm not i'm a ferrari fan but i love mclaren uh they have a great lineup oscar piastri and lando norris lando is one of the most personable drivers he's very young i think he just turned 24. he is so funny such a kid uh just great to listen to in interviews and Oscar Piastri is even younger. He's very quiet, but I think Lando brings out a lot of his personality, and he's very talented very early on. Uh, he's, not want to say broken records, but there's a couple stats on him for 2023 that last were only achieved by Lewis Hamilton. So he's absolutely someone that is being watched really, really closely. I believe McLaren extended his contract recently uh in you know a, a leap of faith for him so i i think that's really exciting to be able to watch him number three ferrari scuderia ferrari i always try go to say scuderia because that's actually i believe how you say it in italian i'm italian but i don't speak italian but the british say scuderia so and everyone else says scuderia so it's scuderia ferrari um charles leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Charles Leclerc is Monegasque from Monaco, which is where the biggest race of the year is held. And Carlos Sainz is my boyfriend. We're together. I love him very, very much. He is Spanish from Spain. His father was a racing driver. So not for Formula One, but uh, he grew up in it. So I will talk in severe length about both of these wonderful men 
when I cover Ferrari. Second place Mercedes, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. George Russell was essentially a giant meme the entire season. He has a very specific look, a very specific personality. He's not my biggest cup of tea, but he is funny. And I think he's fun to see on media days. Lewis Hamilton is probably by far not including Max Verstappen, one of the most famous drivers. He's the most decorated in all of Formula One. He's won seven championships and eight constructors. So he is extremely important in Formula One. We'll dive further into that too. And then finally, Red Bull Racing. Max Verstappen, winner of all races except one. And that one was won by the boyfriend, Carlos Sainz. And Checo Perez, Sergio. Checo's his nickname. A lot of people call him Checo. He's been driving for a bit. He is also married and has, I believe, four children. I mentioned, I started with Nico Hulkenberg and K-Mag. He's another one that has kids. I think he's the only other driver that has kids. Um, Just kind of a fun fact about him. Also, when my fiance and I went to Montreal last year to the Grand Prix, we were waiting outside of a hotel like Groupies with a giant crowd because Checo was staying there. Normally not something I would engage in, but everyone kept saying, oh, he's coming out in two minutes for like 10 minutes. So we only waited 10 minutes. He did not come out and we're like, okay, I mean, what are we just looking for a glimpse at the top of his head anyway? So we weren't there. But fun fact about him is that I almost saw him once, which is not really a fun fact, just a pathetic statement. (laughs) So that is the grid, 2023 and 2024, and an explanation of all the teams and their engine suppliers. So really basics, as well as I touched a little bit on what Formula One is in the beginning. So hopefully that was helpful for anybody that was listening for that purpose. I think next week we'll dive into the weekend structure, which I was planning on doing today, but already on 18 minutes. So I want to hold true to what I said in the beginning as keeping these digestible. And I hope that they're, again, enjoyable and helpful for anyone that wants to get into it during the off season. So until next week, stay fast, friends. (laughs) I'm going to keep saying that. Appreciate you boys uh, and girls. And uh, I love you all. See you soon.